M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I was like, piss off, mate. You trying to kill me? This is M. Salation. So they all buy a boat together and they pick up hot pirates. This thing writes itself. A lot of reality <laughs> shows about vulvas. And you know what? I'm enjoying them. That stuff can get really ratty. And you can look like you got a dead spider on your eyelid, okay? I just go into the salt chumpy, you could carve it. You're in M. Salation. Mate, you didn't have the mask on your vagina. I don't understand. <laughs> Hello? Welcome to another edition of, I'm assuming it's your favourite podcast, well, at least top five, Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. If you're new here, welcome. If, you know, where have you been? was my first question to you, but I'm glad you're here now. Hey, um, it's an interesting old episode today. <laughs> Rational M makes an appearance. You'll enjoy her, but then Stabby M comes back, don't worry. I uh, have decided that now is a very good time to clean out our roof and it's kind of an attic wardrobe. It's full of ghosts of shows past. It's got the blow up penises in there. There's 12 dancing vaginas. My evil queen costume, uh, my Rage and Rainbows costume. It's full of all that. It's also full of old albums, baby clothes, you know, just memories because anything my children even sneeze on I keep because I'm a very sentimental person. But I'm also a sentimental person who's capable of brutality when I need to be. I can cull stuff. So I got in a culling mood and I pulled everything out. And so this podcast is coming to you from the middle of all of my memories and sequins and school tops and, oh, God, I'll take a photo and post it so you can see it. I'll put it up. I'll um, get it put up on the show account. Are you following the show account? It's at Emsolation Podcast. So while I was in there, I um, I found a, a box of baby things and I opened it up and I found a sonogram and I, I looked at the sonogram and it was one of, the, one of my children and 12 weeks old and I looked at the date and realised that it was Ray, the baby that I lost. Cue the most un expected wave of just I, I had to sit on the ground to anchor myself because of the grief that hit me. You know when you think you've moved on, you think that you've processed something, you know, it'll it'll always be sad, but it doesn't kind of stop me in my tracks and take my breath away like it used to, which took all the oxygen out of my lungs. Seeing him in that sonogram and then, you know, my brain went to how old he would be now and and then, you know, you go to that strange place of Elio wouldn't be here if Ray had of survived and I just kind of lay down amongst the jewel and I had to talk to Michael Lucas as always and I said to him I'm so broken I'm such a broken person why can't I just be a normal whole person and he said there's no one's normal and whole and he said you're in the middle of a pandemic and your kind of all your income's been taken away and everything's really uncertain and you've just found a picture of the baby that you loved and who died I think you're having a very normal reaction and that, you know, obviously made me feel better and that's why he's my best friend. But I have been doing an enormous amount of work on myself probably over the past five years, I would say, because I was a really unhappy person and I was an unhappy person who walked around kind of trying to cover over all the dark parts of herself rather than really go in there and shine the light. And then when I kind of started doing my stand-up shows, especially with Evil Queen where the whole premise of that stand-up tour was the miscarriage – and with Rage and Rainbows and, and Divorce the Musical, all those things have been about me processing them, the dark parts of myself, in a leotard on stage sometimes with 12 dancing vaginas. But everyone has their own way of coping, okay? But I think sometimes I think when I fall over or when I get sad or when I lose my mind on something, I take it as a failure and that I need to kind of go back to square one. 
And then last night I was scrolling through Instagram as I do. And there's an account I follow, Nerds with Vaginas. Um, and they posted something that really resonated with me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to tell the guys tomorrow and I talk to them. Like, you're all my friends and we chat. <laughs> I just thought it, it really helped me. And sometimes when I read things that make me go, ah, oh, and it's so simple, but it's just something I never thought about. So this is from Kira Please. And Nerds with Vaginas is the account that posted it. This is what she wrote. There's some weird false idea that when you're working towards being confident or happy or loving yourself that you won't have bad days. You will, and they will be horrible. You'll feel like shit and nothing will go right. These days don't take away from all your progress or set the tone for your entire journey. Experience those days. It's okay. Your journey is still valid. (sighs) You know what? Doesn't that just take the pressure off? Doesn't that just – it took all the pressure off me. I was like every time I, I, I fall over or I find out something bad, I don't like I'm at myself or I'm lying on the floor surrounded by chill crying, holding a picture of a sonogram of my baby that died, you know, I, I think, ah, oh, well, I really haven't made any progress. But I have and I can't forget that. Okay? <laughs> Neither can you. So just remember that next time you're crying into towels at 2 a.m. in the laundry so the children don't hear you. It's just a little, just a little moment in time. It's just a little step on the journey. All right. Well, that was weird. I um, <laughs> I have a lovely documentary to recommend for you, 16 minutes long. Michael and I talk about it. It is so beautiful and charming. I know you trust my recommendations, especially if you went off and watched Speed Cubers. This one is even shorter. Like I said, 16 minutes of just pure joy with the most blissful twist that made me burst into happy tears. I can't recommend it enough. You'll you'll hear Michael and I talk about it. We deep dive on Melania Trump. She's done over the Rose Garden and basically ripped out everything that Jackie Kennedy planted. People aren't happy. Uh, Obviously, it's the Republican National Convention this week, which I am frothing over because there's 12 speakers and six of them are either Donald Trump, married to Trump, or his children. It's amazing. Uh, And we also talk about the masked singer. Obviously, it's gone into shutdown over covid a lot of people are upset. Michael and I maybe offer a different point of view to you if you're feeling upset that the telly was allowed, able to keep going as an essential service. But, you know, obviously, full disclosure, we both work for 10 and we're both on either work for the telly or on the telly. We try not to be biased, though. You know that. Look forward to hearing from Rational M. That'll make sense when we get into it. And um, if anyone wants to chip into Build M World, I love – these are all little in-jokes you'll laugh at at the end of it. If you want to chip into Building M World – we can talk about it. We can start a GoFundMe. All right. Enjoy. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Well, here he is. Jeez. Lucky it wasn't your show. Oh, you have, I mean, I don't want to, it sounds terrible to say that I've thought Mm. that so much over this Mm. weekend, but I did have to message everyone that was involved in five bedrooms and say there, but for the grace of God, go us. I mean, it's the worst nightmare. uh, As we all know, Mars Singer obviously has had to shut down. They've got, I think I read somewhere up to 13 cases now. They amended that. There was a weird report that added six to the seven initially announced, but no, as far as I understand, it's still the initial cluster of dancers. So among the, yes, just the dancers. And so this broke on, was it Saturday night? Uh, Yeah, you texted me instantly. I feel for poor Ursula Carlson because she did two weeks before she started filming. Mm. 
Now she's got to do two weeks. And she's got two weeks yeah. on the other side and as well, going back. And then two weeks in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> she hasn't seen her kids like for months. Poor darling. And I love her so much. And she's such a trooper. She's such a trooper. But I think that would be the breaking of me. Honestly. Yeah. In a hotel room for a month straight with no human contact except to swab up your nose. <laughs> Hang on a second. This In this particular lot of isolation, though, they're not being put in hotel rooms, are they? I thought they just had to isolate in their accommodation. Well, I assume so. I mean, I assume she's staying in a hotel room, though, Michael. I mean, oh, I don't yeah, know. yeah, okay, sure. I, I'm, I don't know where Channel 10 are putting them up, but it'll be a service department or something. Like, it won't be... Mm. But, oh, God, I know it's – for both of us who work in television, it's we, – we were waiting. Like, I kind of knew it was going to happen and I was worried it was going to be the project. Um, <laughs> I was worried it was going to be my show. Yeah, I know. And, and, and you must all know that extreme protocols were being followed. Like – Everyone was wearing masks and everyone was separated. And hopefully that's worse because, I mean, the way we operate it, I know it would be the same on that, is you you keep everyone in these separate pods. So the dancers would have been in their own pod. So hopefully if the protocols have worked, they've just infected each other and it hasn't spread anywhere beyond that. That would be success in this scenario because obviously you can't entirely, there's no way to prevent someone getting it from somewhere out in the community somehow or from a family member bringing it in. All you can really try and prevent is if someone is infected in the production that they don't give it to all the other areas of the production. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. And hopefully you're right. And it has brought out the why was this considered an essential service, people wearing masks and singing. And I, which I get, although I can, <laughs> I feel like I can offer some counter arguments for people to consider, although I completely understand. And when stage four came in, I mm. myself, like no one in the film and TV industry knew what was going to happen. Mm. Um, and in the end, what they decided was if you were in production already and hadn't finished, you could complete your shoot. You couldn't start a new one. So I'm got an ABC show that we have to just wait till after stage four is finished. But I have more, I don't, I only have a a finite amount of energy to be direct anger towards. And my anger is towards the fuckhead university students in Bandura in Melbourne (laughs) who got together and have been having parties over the weekend, no masks, no social distancing, about 30 of them in a tiny dorm room. And some dickhead put it up on Snapchat. Channel nine news got a hold of it. It has been since deleted. But that is where I'm going to put my small energy of anger is towards those friggin' asymptomatic super spreader Generation Zs. <laughs> oh, God. Not people trying to entertain everyone, earn a living, being COVID safe. And also the only other thing to keep in mind in this, and I know, look, I totally understand how could it be that all these workplaces are shut down that continues. But the only thing I would say is firstly, you know, consider the lack of support for, for the arts and all yes. the people on this from the costume designers to everyone are all artists that have, and also it isn't, it's one of those situations where if we lose it in Victoria, it just goes to another state. It does. We don't like get it back. They just obviously go to another state. So it's a complete loss for Victoria. And the only other thing is when you make a TV show, you have to pull in people from all over the country to do it. Like Mm -hmm. wildly so on Mars Singer, where all of those celebrities come from, you know, all different Mm -hmm. corners of the nation. And so the logistical 
difficulties of then everyone has to be sent back to their home states where they have to do two weeks ISO, get through, and then to only be reconvened back in Victoria and do the whole thing again is just blows every kind of budget and yeah. it's a nightmare. So that's why they decided to just let productions finish. And my, and they were down, apparently it was the last day. Last few hours. No, oh Rob said God. they literally had, everyone was in costume. They were about to record the last two performances of the finalists and the dancer came forward and said, and this dancer was on stage in costume, I don't feel well. So brave, very brave and and good that they did that. But here's someone you don't hear from very often. Here's Super Rational M, right? So <laughs> she's <laughs> It's a new week, it's a new day. She's been for a run. <laughs> and she's I've out. Been for a run. I have. God damn it, I feel better. It's so boring when exercise is the answer. Ugh. <laughs> I've tried everything else to plug it. Cocktails, makeup, costumes, content. Bloody hell. And um, all it's taken is a jog and I'm ready to be rational. I but feel like super out. rational GM needs her own, like she needs her own jingle to announce this. This would be a bit of a fanfare. Trumpets. Super rational M. What's she going to say? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say, right? Who am I as super rational M to begrudge people earning a living? Do you know what I mean? It's it's not – I don't think people should be sitting back going, well, I can't work. Why should they work? I'm glad that people are able to work in a safe situation and they were doing everything that they should. They were COVID safe and this, like you said, employed lots of people in the arts industry who were struggling. I'm not a person to sit back and go, well, I can't put on a tour so it's not fair that they get to work. This isn't a situation where I think people should be saying it's not fair. If they're being COVID safe – And if they are providing something for us to sit at home and watch, and if they are employing people who would otherwise be unemployed, I am okay with that situation. So they're super rational, M. But I do understand people going, well, I'm really struggling to pay the bills. I can't go out and be a hairdresser. I can't go out and do this. And I'm sorry, I'm amongst you. I can't go and do what I normally do. But I'm not going to sit here and begrudge other people and be shitty about them working. And I've been reading all the tweets, people going, oh, why do they get to work? Why do they get to work? And I genuinely think that's the wrong attitude. They're super rational. And also, um, there's also a whole lot of joking about, you know, people hating on the show and people wanting it to go down and everything. But I mean, please have sympathy. Imagine being, imagine being, imagine being one of those dancers that hasn't been able to earn any money for so long, finally gets a job and this has happened. It's your worst nightmare. Yeah, you need to kind of remember your humanity, honestly. And it's not just because we both work for Channel 10. At the end of the day, they are making something that everyone can sit down and watch, and especially in Melbourne, I'm grateful for that. It's And it's something all kids can watch, and it's super camp and super ridiculous. But I just think, it, oh, fuck, things are nasty enough, you know, at the moment. <laughs> because like, also, you know, I'm super annoyed with people. So the Vic government made these ads with prominent Victorians kind oh, of saying yeah. – Guys, please stay home. We're, we're getting there. And it was um, Magda Jabansky dressed up as Sharon Strzelecki from Kath and Kim. They had Waleed Ali's done one, uh, Nazim Hussain's done one, and Shane Jacobson, a.k.a. Kenny's done one, right? Yeah. And the shit piling has been relentless. I just do not understand that. That I, I mean, 
They're making a whole lot of different kinds of ads. They've got the ads that have the COVID victims suffering. And it really makes sense to me that halfway through the lockdown, when we all are starting to get a bit edgy and get a bit like we want to start breaking the rules, that they would come back with an ad campaign just to remind everyone in the community, let's stay the course. The numbers are getting yeah. lower, but it's the wrong time to start yeah. busting out. What I mean, what is people's problems? They got them for a bargain rate, that's for sure. There's part of me that feels like at the end of the day, all it takes is like 25 dickheads to to absolutely stir up this pollen that's the that's the absolute terror of of the internet and and i've just got to remind myself she is actually beloved by australians she is but there are these trolls that and they can just make their presence they can amplify their presence so much online they can have four different accounts they can just go her and go her and go her and it's so media report on the tweets as though the tweets represent 90 percent of australians thinking and the majority of people listening to us right now probably aren't even on twitter but you know, when I read all this backlash toward things, I have to stop myself and go, is it backlash or is it 20 people on Twitter shitting on something for the fun of it? Mm. Like, and generally it's 20 people on Twitter shitting on something for the fun of it because the majority of normal average Australians, consumers, audience, they're not going to take to Twitter and make a death threat towards someone who's dressed up as a beloved character to t- remind people to stay safe. I'm, I fail to see what she's done wrong. Rational M has just tapped out and fucking bitey stabby M's come in. She's stabby, she's bitey, she's stabby and bitey M. <laughs> Do you remember the band Shakespeare's Sister? Yeah. Do you remember their song Stay that had like the yeah. sweet and then it had like the rock version come out? Stay. Yeah, I feel like that's rational and in <laughs> rational in. That's how Stabby we need M to sum it Rational and stabby him. I really Oh, I know. Well, well, what she's done wrong, apart from, you know, be a woman and also, you know, she's 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 gone out in the public sphere and stuck her neck out for things that she's believed in, which happens to be marriage equality, which was what, you know, over two-thirds of Australians yeah. believe in. So she yeah. wasn't really out on a limb, but nonetheless she did that. And, and there's always this bank of people out there that are just stewing with resentment towards it. Sometimes, I mean, I've not been on Twitter for a very long time and I'd step back in every now and then, like I said to you, I like a drop a bomb. I don't read any replies, so don't even bother adding me. I just go in, I drop a bomb and then I then I don't even have the app. I just kind of go in on my phone somehow, get in there and get out again and just delete it because it's the worst. Twitter is the worst. I know. And particularly at the moment. At the moment with everyone <laughs> stuck at home, annoyed. Everyone's just annoyed. All right. Let's talk about Melania Trump murdering Jackie Kennedy's <laughs> rose garden. the tone. <laughs> no, it is going to lift the tone. It is because we're getting into US politics, which we love. On the project last week, I got to talk about Cardi B and the Democratic National Convention. You can imagine. I went out on a high. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so obviously the Republican National Convention is happening this week. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. So there's about 12 speakers and six of them are either Donald Trump, married to Donald Trump, or Donald Trump's children. That's right. That's all he could get. He even (laughs) got Tiffany. And when he pulls out Tiffany, that's when you know they're getting desperate for names. The disappointing daughter, as she's referred to. Baron isn't getting a mention, though. Baron's not getting up there and saying something about Dad. (laughs) The silent son. God, poor Baron. He's so tall. I mean, I will say for Baron. He's got some height on him. Oh, he certainly does. He's Mm. shot up in these four years of hell while the rest (laughs) of us have been brought to our knees. Barren. Glowing. Now, the Rose Garden in the White House was originally kind of commissioned in the early 60s and Mm. Jackie Kennedy 
oversaw the whole construction and and the rose garden is usually attributed to Jackie. Each kind of first lady adds to it, you know, um, and they, they make it, you know, a bit more special. I know that Michelle Obama planted vegetables, you know, she... <laughs> She brought it to life and, and I think, you know, maybe Hillary added tulips. Oh, by the time Michelle Obama left, that garden was, was absolutely, stunning. oh, it was beautiful. It was an Cherry explosion trees, of everything. colour. You couldn't yeah. help but be happy looking at it. It looked like one of those pictures of Holland, you know, where there's a you, where there's a, a giant windmill in the background. It's just a field, a sea of coloured. It was stunning. <laughs> you felt a little stoned looking at it. It was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, you did. It was stunning. There was foliage. There was colour. And everyone knew that. The Rose Garden, it was just everyone loved it. And then Melania Trump, who was sorry, I'll refer to her as what Twitter's calling her, Mary Antoinette. Um, <laughs> the last Queen of France, who had absolutely no regard for the poverty and illness <laughs> sweeping through France. <laughs> uh, which, yes, could be drawn as a parallel to Melania Trump. She unveiled her new rose garden and how would she describe it? I feel like she. I feel like if you possibly, don't use the term, if you don't use the term hellscape, I'll be oh first. yeah, but no. I, well, it, it looks like what happened was her first response was, "Can we just concrete over the entire thing?" And someone said, "We can't quite go that far." It's very Italian response. I'm sure my dad will love what she's done with it. And so she's gone for. Uh, it just looks like the kind of garden you would find outside an unloved, poorly frequented funeral parlour. Like, I mean, it's just <laughs> these really low, severe little beds with no height, no colour. Uh, all white. It if you could find depression white. in a rose garden, she's found a way. <laughs> it's the floral representation of an internal scream. <laughs> It's And also, obviously, we need to call back to her Christmas decorations at one point, which was, I mean, that went beyond an internal scream. That was an external scream. That was just a vomit of red blazing up into the air. Oh, my God. So, look, it was an interesting decorative project for her that she pretty, she must have just said anything that is colourful or alive, kill and remove. Basically. She does not want the colour. She doesn't want the colour. But I, I kind of started really, I went into a Melania Trump spiral last night mm. and I think for years she's been painted as this long-suffering kind of victim almost, someone who is having to put up with the worst man on the planet. And I then started to realise that is not exactly the case. And and, uh, and there's been a book released where it's been suggested that she, in fact, is in charge in that relationship. She's the alpha in that relationship and not Trump. And I'm really warming to that idea, <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> but then I came across an ad that I could not believe existed. So this ad is um, like a Trump attack ad made by I don't know, some Democrat somewhere. And it is a Democrat a tr- somewhere. Well, I, I think a Democrat has made this ad. Also, oh a Democrat, a supporter. Like, I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to find out. I can't see who made it, but it definitely went to air. Um, anyways, that that's unimportant. What's important is the narrative of this ad. So this ad is it's an encouragement to America to divorce Trump, but it is spoken as though it's a concerned girlfriend talking to Melania. <gasps> oh. Have a listen. He's been lying to you. After three and a half years, you regretted all, all the lying you've done to the American people. That who has done? 
you have done. Uh, tens of thousands. Yeah, go ahead, please. She's a cheat. A lot of people are concerned that it looks like post office boxes are being removed ahead of the November election. If we don't make a deal, that means they don't get the money. That means they can't have universal mail-in voting. It just can't happen. He seems so much happier when he's with other people. What happened? He's just not the man you remember taking a chance on. What happened to the good times? Were there good times? There's only one option left. America, it's time to divorce Trump. Oh my God. <laughs> is that a political letter? Is it season five, six in the city? <laughs> How's that? But what, I, I just said, what are we seeing? Like, what is it? We're not, we're not seeing two women sit down. That's just a disembodied no, voice over imagery. It's just imagery. pictures of him, like, batting away reporters and then shots of Melania looking forlorn. Like, it is in amazing. I mean, there is a different – the weird thing about this whole situation is we've still got 40% of the US voting public that support him. Yeah. And so – how do you get those people back? And I sort of understand, you know, it is it is like someone who has launched into a relationship with the terrible boyfriend and it has gone to shit the way we all knew. <laughs> it's gone even worse than we thought. Yeah. To be honest, we don't, I don't think we saw a lot of this coming, even with our absolute low expectations. So you know in those situations you can't say, look, I'm bloody well told you so. You've got to do, you've got to do a bit of a, you went into it for the right reasons, you know, <laughs> no one saw it coming, but here we are. Like we all know that's what you say to your friend that took oh, on the terrible God. boyfriend. So what, America's a long-suffering wife? Is that what you say? Well, I think for that's unfortunately sake. giving them too much credit. I know. But what I love is, so let me tell you, there's a book out called The Art of Her Deal, The Untold Story of Melania Trump. And basically it says that remember when Trump went to the White House and she didn't come for like seven months and everyone's like, Melania, we kind of need you. There's all these women coming out saying you sexually harass them and there's the whole pussy grabbing thing. We really need a wife. We really need a wife. Apparently she didn't go because she was renegotiating the prenup because mm-hmm. the initial prenup wasn't very generous and she she realised she finally was in a position of power. He needed her in Washington for appearances. So she went in to renegotiate the prenup. Oh. Yes. Well, there's part of me that respects that, although obviously yeah, everything is deplorable. But um, I know. I think much. she has this quality because she says so little, so little, that you sort of do impose things on her and all you get is the, you get the hand swatty away and you also get, I really vividly remember that time when he turned, that footage of her, when he turned back and said something to mm-hmm. her and her face just fell and it looked like she was a fragile little Bambi. And She's he, not. Well, yeah, no, totally. I mean, she's she's absolutely not. And what and and I know what we all like to think is in my mind up until now, she was probably just going to like return to Sylvania with Baron and um, live a lavish life, divorce Trump straight away. But I think that she actually loves being married to Trump. Like from everything that I've seen, I, I mean, we all, I assume she was going to divorce him the second he loses. Melania is out. I don't think that's the case at all. I'm yeah. really done a flip on this. Right. You think she's going to ride it through? Yeah, I do. I just would love to check in. She's been modelling since she was five years old, which is terrifying. But wouldn't you like to – 
I would just love to hear what the other Slovenian models that she came up with says about her when they're all like, did you hear what happened to Melania? I know. I mean, she's, said, she's a cautionary tale to gold diggers is what someone said. Jesus Christ. Or, or does she represent the greatest achievement of gold diggers? She became the first lady of the United States. I mean, or Jesus maybe Christ. she's not a gold digger. Maybe she genuinely loves him. <laughs> <laughs> How old were they when they got oh. together? Do you know how old she was? I don't. I always find, okay, let me, hang on, let me say. Uh, uh, how old? She's 50 years old now. Melania Trump. Marriage. Point. They became engaged in 2004. Okay, so she was not a young, okay, so they began dating in 1998. Yeah. Right, so she was she was 28. I mean, that still seems pretty young to me. <laughs> but it's not so young that you don't know what you're doing. But they've been married for 15 years, guys. Oh, yeah. That's a long time. It's it's surely the longest marriage he's ever had. <laughs> time will tell. I love that we live Google. That's amazing. Now, before you go, I do want to leave on a high. I do okay. want to leave on a high. And, you know, I've become obsessed with short docos because it's all my attention span allows for at the moment, either that or The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And um, I've come across another one so we did speed cubers obviously which a lot of people have watched and now i have for you john was trying to contact aliens have a listen i started building the electronic equipment to make contact with whatever might be out there beyond the earth john has a very special mission in life he is trying to contact alien i built this two-story high deep space transmitter. It allowed me to reach deeper and further out into space. So I was always seeking to explore, to look beyond what we have here. My interest is in finding out the unknown. And you search and you continue searching because of your desire. Because of that, you know there's something there. So what is them doing watching a 16-minute doco on a space nerd? I hear you asking. (laughs) But it is so much more than that, Michael Lucas. I texted you in capital letters last night and I said, you have to watch this doco. It is so gorgeous. John was trying to contact aliens. It's on Netflix. I think the criti- there's one critical factor we need to explain to, to the what, listeners. What, that he's gay? Yes. He's and gay. You were, but you did not know that going in. You were drawn to it like he himself is drawn to the cosmos. I was drawn to – I'm always drawn, as I've said before, to people who are super passionate and then as a result are often super lonely because they've devoted their entire life to this one thing. Like I've also started watching this gamers documentary and all the people who have dedicated their lives to gaming are also super lonely. (laughs) (laughs) And also the same with the flat earthers. I found myself drawn to a few flat earthers because they were so lonely because they were in a single pursuit to prove the earth was flat. Oh, Oh, God. But for John, for John Shepard, the, the 30 years he spent, and so we find out like his mother abandoned him when he was very young and um, then he kind of got taken in by his grandparents and I love that grandparents allowed him to, their whole house got taken over with space equipment. That oh, was- they built they built a whole wing of their house to, <laughs> they did. to put all the space equipment in. And he's just so gentle. He oh, kind of looks lovely. like Costa from 
Gardening Australia, but Mixed with Hagrid from Harry Potter. (laughs) There's a a lot of wizardry here. And then you kind of, when he talks about, you know, and then he has to pack it all up because he couldn't afford it anymore and presumably his grandparents died. Like it's it's all, it's very gentle and lovely, but also the the loneliness and we're all, especially in Melbourne, we're all feeling that way. But then there's this incredible twist, which Michael and I won't give away. I know. It makes your heart sing. Uh, What makes my heart sing is what an era this is turning out to be for the gay nerd. I mean, first, (laughs) we've already had Brendan and Reese on MasterChef (laughs) and now this little mini doc. And I just feel like this pandemic, it's our time to shine. (laughs) All other varieties of humans have been struggling, but the gay nerd has really found their feet in the pandemic. They can keep themselves entertained. They often don't have kids to worry about. They can pursue their interests. I just, the moment the twist is revealed and there's one shot in particular, I wish I could see everyone's faces. Anyone who's listening to the podcast now, and if you bother to go away and watch this, and I know a lot of you will because a lot of you take our recommendations seriously, which you should. We have excellent taste. I just, you'll know the moment. I oh, want you you'll to just, know. Tweet me or message me on the Instagram account because I burst into tears. Happy, yeah. happy, happy tears. <laughs> and I looked over at my husband and I said, oh, oh, this is wonderful. Even my husband, Scott, he was sitting there going, oh, we were both just clutching our pearls. It was, <laughs> and and it's what they achieved in 16 minutes. I know. It's a full me. journey. It's a life's oh. journey. It's a lifetime of longing. <laughs> oh. I just wish I could go back to 1993 me and and say gay nerds will have their day. There will come a time when the gay nerds will be on top and when M declares herself to be rational M. (laughs) You can't believe it now. It's coming. She didn't say for very long though. I mean... She did. Rational M was here for about five minutes and then she went into the Melania Trump conspiracy theories, got really angry at Twitter and we've ended up crying over some gay nerds trying to contact Deep Space who look like wizards. So, no, no, that feels right. <laughs> She's just a but rational M's just one stage on the roller coaster. That's okay. <laughs> Shit. Oh my in my mind I'm already thinking that'll have to be edited out. That'll have to be edited out. Like I've got so many edit points for today. When you know what? When finally you have your theme park, which is your version of Dollywood, mm. I look forward to the M psychological state ride, which I think would be like one of those log <laughs> flume rides, like Splash Mountains. And then you'd no, sort of go it'll be the Vomitron. It'll be the no, one but you've spins. got to have the different, you've got to like go bobbing gently through a nice sunny little space like the Rational Limit and then you've got to plummet like four True. stories straight down. And the problem is there's no warning or rhyme or reason for the plummeting either. No. And it could just be so rational. Okay, so we're at the, we're at the ride at M World. We're in the ride. It's beautiful. We're looking out at the trees. There's a cockatoo. There's a kangaroo. Oh, lovely. And then all of a sudden, rational M ride will just hear someone's tone. She'll just hear a tone. <laughs> Dark hands touching you. Spiraling, spiraling. Water is cold. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, though, oh, maybe she'll have a coffee or a glass of red. Oh, oh beautiful. We're back. Yay. Beyonce's playing in the background. She's thin. She's feeling good. You know. <laughs> You'd need every single person that enters this theme park to sign, uh, you know, sign away all of their rights before they get in. Or you agree, you may not come out of here alive. You may not. You may come out of here with some sort of permanent psychological damage. You just have to well, serves that. you right. That's the takeaway. That's your showback. That's your gift back. 
<laughs> your gift will be deep t- psychological trauma that will hit at any moment with no warning. But Congratulations. <laughs> vulnerable at any time just go to that area where they make the faux video clips and you get dressed up and it'd be heaven like if people knew so yes last night i was cleaning out the roof and i came across a picture an ultrasound of ray the baby i lost and it's just like just when you think you've processed something and done a national tour about miscarriage and spoken to every grief counselor available and spoken about it at length and at nauseam i was just laying on the floor amongst my old costumes crying texting you back at square one like, isn't grief and lockdown and corona and my brain a strange Look, combination? Focus on the progress. You were crying on the floor, yes. Had you put on your wedding dress? No. Likely because you can't fit I into it. Oh, shut up, bitch. Oh, you're such a bitch. Don't edit that out. Leave that in. Let people see there's a dark side to Michael Lucas as well. Yes, I've put on a few kilos, but I'm running now. I've done one jog. I expect to be a size smaller in the morning. No, you already are. I can tell. Don't even. Don't even. It's all right. You had a lifetime of me pointing out your chubbiness. I'll probably owe it. No, so I thank you for it. All right. Thank you very much. It was a roller coaster as always. We'll chat later in the week. We will. Bye. Okay, bye. This is Emsolation. Thank you very much for listening. Now make sure you go off and watch that stunning doco. I'm, not, I'm telling you, John was trying to contact aliens is the feel-good rainbow doco of the year, you know, and you won't expect that when you turn it on. You'll be like, Em, what am I watching? <laughs> Enjoy it. Have a wonderful day, whatever you're doing. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks to all the new patrons. We've had a bunch of you guys become members of the podcast, which is huge. You know, not every month we have a sponsor. You're ad-free this month, uh, but your your membership money helps us keep the lights on at Emsolation. It helps me make the merch, pay the guests. So um, if you'd like to take the next step in your relationship, if you love this podcast, if, you know, I think it works out to about 80 cents a podcast. If you want to contribute, go to mrussiano.com and become a patron. If you go to the listen page, you can choose um, what kind of membership you want. And uh, the perks are basically when everything starts up again, Michael and I are hoping to do some live recordings and patrons will get first crack at tickets. You also get little messages from me every now and then. We're going to do some more live Q&As once we can get together in the same room. But it's just a way of you, if you're a super fan of this podcast and you want to help out, you can become an MS Slater or an MS Lover. All right, that's enough from me. Chat to you later in the week. Bye. A podcast one production.